of the conversation with the Dean. It reminded me of something in Declan has provoked me to remember. It was one of the functions of the Oktron Colin Amakle, the president of the Students' Union in Galway, which in 1965 to propose the vote of thanks to the giver of the Thomas Aquinas Lecture. And the Thomas Aquinas Lecture was given in 1965 by Cahill Daly. And he read a piece from Bertrand Russell. And then he said, beautiful, but wrong. <laughs> and about 200 Franciscans and nuns clapped. And then he, I wrote about it afterwards. It was really Bertrand Russell nil, Cahill Daly won. <laughs> and it was my pleasure to, to, to I was giving the, the reply. And indeed, I must say, Cahill Daly and I had correspondences over the years afterwards. They were very recent and, 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 and intellectually informed. But I just want to say too, as Declan reminded me of something that I hadn't thought about before. I wasn't... Uh, present at the death of my father, uh, I was uh, in, go in the county home in but James Joyce wasn't present at the death of his father either. And I think when I think uh, about this, uh, uh, I must say that since the time here, not just here in Oris and Uthrum, it's been in and your and good selves, is that when gaps are in your life, in many cases, they're filled by great friendships. And I have been absolutely blessed by people who have remained, who've been friends of mine for more than half a century. It's, and I, I, I'm so grateful for that. I wrote in uh, a, a bit about it in one of my poems where I said, uh, when Jesus left home, he never returned. And this, I knew what I was doing there in many cases is that where you see the soul not confined to circumstance. But, but I just want to say what a great privilege it is during the year in which we mark the centenary of the publication of Ulysses that you to have been chosen as the recipient of the Tundish Award. And when I listen to that wonderful list that you read of all those of previous recipients and what they all have in common in one way or another is the word performance. Performance is so important because it is how the work is let out and uh, is so important and there's so, such a wonderful, I, I'm humbled by, by, by that list. Uh, I also want to think as well as I listened to Stephen, you know, and it was brilliant, I have to say that. But I, I have to say, it reminded me uh, of uh, the late Brian Freel and, and Stephen and, uh, and others and who, who established 
uh, the Field Day Theatre Company, which grew to encompass Field Day publications under the general leadership of Seamus, the wonderful Seamus Dean, uh, and who died sad last year. But I think Field Day and its publications are something to which I made a contribution. I, I think very early on, uh, the one about imagining the West and so forth is in one of those is one of those uh, in one of those pieces. Filde was uh, something extraordinary, and I look back on it now. I said that very often to Mar Mar Patrick Heatherman. It was like a flash of lightning in uh, in Irish intellectual circles, a kind of a flash of lightning accompanied by much thunder. <laughs> and the thunder that came afterwards was uh, unpredictable. I should say that we are, I wish you all a very happy Bloomsday. It was 2018, I, I visited the grave in Flunturn, where James Joyce has rested since 1941, the year I was born myself. And I was there marking however late and in full knowledge of what should have happened in 1941. But I was seeking on behalf of the Irish people across the globe to acknowledge our obligation to James Joyce and beyond him to Nora and the family, their profound and enduring contribution, James's profound and enduring contribution to our literature at some of their cost. And his grandson Stephen, in conversation then, told me very shortly afterwards how grateful he was for the care and attention that had been paid to his grandfather's grave by the public authorities in Zurich, a mark of the great respect and affection in which James Joyce was, of course, held around the world, but particularly in Zurich. And I want to again today uh, to thank the people of Zurich for that. And he, he, Stephen expressed, we had, I think, uh, uh, said to me about how, uh, in relation to who would be in the grave next, we discussed it, his wife, Solange, had died, and her ashes had been distributed in the south of France, and his wish was that when he died, that his ashes would be distributed with, with Solange. And therefore we began a discussion then, and he asked me if I would raise with the Zurich authorities, which I did, if some mention could be made uh, of Lucia at the grave. And he suggested that the most appropriate thing would be, in fact, actually, at, at James Joyce's uh, lovely, uh, beautiful poem, uh, a poem for my daughter, which I'd like to read. I have indeed, uh, uh, we must have that argument about Eche and Eke, about Eke Poor, uh, and indeed I, I, I had often discussed that poem and the changing of the second line, A Boy is Born, uh, to, with Stephen on many, many occasions. But the poem he wanted uh, in the grave and referred to was, was this one, and it was uh, it was uh, it was in, uh, in, 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 in published in nineteen. It's the one published in nineteen twenty seven, in, uh, in 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 this little column poem, poems pinny each. Frail the uh, frail the white rose. I, I have to use my temporary glasses. I'm after a, a slight a little operation on my eyes. So, ah yes, Trieste in 1920, 1913 he wrote, 
Frail the white rose, and frailer her hands that gave, whose soul is seer and paler than time's one wave. Rose frail and fair, yet frailest, a wonder wild and gentle eyes thou veilest, my blue-veined child. And the conversations, therefore, I think we now, with the passing of Stephen Joyce, uh, from all those with he had roused, and those much smaller number of people who remained friends. Uh, but Stephen, in the long conversations uh, about this, was very anxious that that is what should be in, um, in, in, in the, at the grave in Zurich. And I have actually contacted the authorities for that, and I'm waiting for it to happen. I think uh, with the passing of Stephen Joyce, uh, the, the direct connection with the family is now over. And, of course, a whole century separates us from the publication of the daring, seminal and challenging work of literature, The Rose Ulysses. It's a, a novel that not only introduces to a new form of narration, but also subverted the traditional concept of the heroic in the epic poem and the hero who might be at its centre. In Ulysses, there is so much more than a singular, contextually complex and perilous journey fraught with risk or a celebration of a brave protagonist overcoming danger and jeopardy. We are invited to do so much more in that great book we celebrate, brought into the mind and thoughts of an ordinary man as he ambles through his native city, conducting his daily business and transacting his mood on what he saw. The world and Dubliners were gifted a novel rich in complexity and perplexity, a novel of which Joyce reportedly said, I've, and Declan knows this so often, I've put in so many enigmas and puzzles that it will keep the professors busy for centuries arguing over what I meant. And that's the only way of ensuring one's immortality. <laughs> and they haven't let him down. Uh, they have not looked after, made his book immortal, in fact, but they have exposed as well their own lesser efforts for achieving immortality. But uh, Ulysses remains the subject of much analysis, critical interpretation, and the emergence and fluctuation of academic careers, new papers, critiques, and essays that continue to explore and examine the conundrums and challenges of a 20th century masterpiece. Ulysses allows the sensory imagination, I believe it is most important to run free, to envisage an unrestrained, unrealised, perhaps unrealisable humanity beyond the most, beyond the must and the seediness and destructive restraint of the private. It forces us to question the happenings of the mind in its reconfigurations between memory and imagination to ponder the personal projection of the storyteller onto the events that are continually unfolding, unfinished and undescribed. That was a brave new departure, denying the reader any right to any implicit and unthinking trust that might be demanded from the narrator, leaving space for personal and collective experience and something that Declan Carpenter's work has emphasised as well, and humour too. We are regularly trusted to look beyond the words on the page, consider the importance of what might have been omitted 
are left unsaid for us to find, unexperienced in any of the senses, to search between the layers of narrative for significant moments and inaudible epiphanies that quietly drive the entire novel. And so, 100 years on from the publication of Ulysses, it remains a work that is wonderful in its challenging, puzzling us, and continues to leave itself open to new insights and reinterpretation and versions of the personal lives that will read it. But we mustn't, I think, ever forget, and this is so important given the company that is here in the Auras, the importance of the creative instinct, craft and eye and courage and risk and the special courage, pain and love that is required to offer a finished work that gave us the work and the eye and energy of James Joyce's intellect. And so it's customary in the 16th of June then for people across Dublin and beyond to have gathered to gather and mark the honour and honour Ulysses a pioneering work that did indeed change the course of 20th century literature and beyond. But it is also so important that we also be willing to recall with love the price and the pain and the joy and the eccentricity with which we began our little ceremony celebrated that is so essential in James Juice itself. And I take the opportunity of expressing my deep gratitude to pushing me among that and to thank you for honouring me so much uh, uh, with the book. It is a it's a very special company to be in, as indeed your good selves are welcome to all are, and you brighten this day, Bloomsday. May I wish you all a very happy Bloomsday.